0: what a blessing that song was there. Thank God for that, the God who stays. And uh, I was a public school kid all my life. Where are the public school kids at, government school kids, all right? And uh, many of you were born and raised in the same school all your life, not me. I think I went to eight, or eight different schools growing up because my dad moved around so much. And it's always a fun experience when he moved to a new school trying to figure out who my new friends were going to be. And uh, oftentimes in public school growing up, all the cool kids are the athletes, right? And oftentimes when I preach at teen camps and teen conferences, I remind all the athletes to, don't, to be nice to the nerds because someday they'll call them boss. Can I get an amen right there? All right. How many identify proudly as a nerd in the building today? If you're a nerd, raise your hand, all right? Yeah, only five of you are proud to announce that, okay? But they typically become the bosses of the athletes. But, but it's always interesting trying to find a friend. And I love the sign for friend. It's a beautiful sign. Acquaintances is like this. Like, I, know, I know a lot of people, but friend, friend. And, uh, and this year, it's, it's, it's definitely been a, a neat eye-opener to me to realize how many friends our family had. When my dad went to heaven in May, the friends really showed up. And I mean, even as of last week, I'm still getting condolences from May uh, because of the impact my dad had and how many friends he had all across the country. And friends step up and, and go out of their way at times like that. As a public school kid, oftentimes I remember seeing that, I never wrote them, but I saw the notes. I remember one of I was in fourth, third, or fourth grade. I think I was in Florida. A kid wrote a piece of paper to me and handed it to me, and he said, Will you be my friend? Yes, box, yet no box. What am I supposed to do with that, right? So I marked yes and he was excited and we became friends that day because he passed me a note. It was a lot better later when the prettier girls started writing those notes. Can I get an amen right there? Not some dorky kid in the fourth grade, but but the point I'm trying to make is we all like to have friends. You're a blessed man if you have many friends. You're a blessed lady if you have many friends. You're doubly blessed if you're married to a best friend. Well, I thank God today that I have my Savior as a friend and I have my wife as a friend. What a blessing it is to have friends. One of the things that has been coined, is a phrase that's been coined in the last several years is this BFF, right? I don't think boys use it as much. Please don't, boys. But girls will do it a lot. BFF. BFF. Best friends. What's the last F stand for? Forever, right. The boys actually answered that question. That concerns you right here, okay? BFF, best friends forever, right? And uh, my uh, one daughter, I won't name names, would, she had a new BFF every week when she was growing up as a kid. I mean, every week she had a new BFF. It was hilarious. We're like, which friend is it this week? And next week it'd be this friend. And next week it was, it was all girls. And then one day she said a boy's name, and then Daddy had to step up and do something about that. Amen. But BFF, best friends forever. And when you think about the word forever, eternity, forever, Forever is a powerful word that many times we take for granted not realizing the significance of eternity. Because we, on this planet Earth, have the opportunity to live our lives, right? And cemeteries all over the place have a common theme where you see the name of a person, the birth date of the person, the passing date of the the person, and then a little dash in between them. And so all through our lives we have this opportunity to live, and in this room today I see... People as young, our junior church is still separately. So I see people as young as probably 12 or 13 years old in the building right now. And those are maybe as old as almost 80 and so on. And so all of us are at different stages of our life, but we are still living right now. But we all know that someday death is going to come. So in our life, in our death, and in our forever, want to be something to have somebody that is still your best friend, somebody they can always just count on as a friend. Because let's, let's be honest, today. how many of you are, uh, let's go back to the public school kids again. You had a best friend in public school, but you never even hear from him anymore. Raise your hand, right? I mean, we all have that. I mean, we had guys that we hung out with and girls that we hung out with in public school, even Christian school. We were around them all the time. And then all of a sudden, life goes on and you go your separate ways. And you hear from him every once in a while if you ever hear from them at all, right? But there's one person that proved to you and me that in life and in death, And in eternity, he longs, desires to be your and my friend. And his name is Jesus today. Number one, he proved it by his life. If you look at John chapter 3 again, in verse number 17, the Bible says, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Everything Jesus did while on earth was to be a blessing to somebody and a help to somebody else, whether it was feeding a hungry person, feeding the multitudes, healing people, touching people's lives, encouraging people, uh, being uh, so optimistic and and loving and kind to people everywhere, people that had been rejected, people that had been hated, people that had been despised, people that had suffered emotional pain. It did not matter what race they were, what age group they were, what gender they were, anybody, anybody that had a pulse and was breathing qualified uh, to be a friend of jesus christ and in his life he was determined to prove to you and me that he legitimately cared for you and me and even still today in my life through the ups and the downs and the tough times and the good times when things are going great when things are not going so good hey god has still been there to remind me that everything's all right in my father's house in life in life In life, God proved to you and me that he longs, wishes, and desires to be your friend and my friend today. Number two, he proved to you and me he longed to be our friend in death. In death. As I mentioned already, in death is where we found out who our real friends were. And many of you sitting in this church today, you showed us your love and you showed us... How friendly you are to us. And we long to to be the same way. Can I tell you something? In a world where there's so much, just so much hatred and enemies, I mean, right now, the chaos of the world, this, this group hates that group and borders and divisions. Can I just say, this world needs some friendly people again in life and in death. In John chapter 3, verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That giving of his son meant that he was going to go all the way to the cross. He was going to suffer on the crucifixion. He was going to be crucified for you and me so that we could then have an eternal friendship with him. He loved you. He loved me. And it's time to preach the truth. By the way, one of the things I love about friends is they tell you the truth. I mentioned it earlier. My wife, oftentimes, I look at her and I, th- I feel like we're gonna get romantic, and she's looking me in my eyes and she goes, You have something in your teeth. I mean, come on, right? I mean, the romance is like, right, real quick, right? And then I got to worry about that. And she's not happy until my teeth are clear, right? Well, a friend tells me that. She's concerned that I'm going to look decent when I go out. And I need all the help I can get. Amen. But the point I'm trying to make is, is a friend tells you the truth. And God is here to tell all of us the truth that religion has deceived us. Religion has lied to us. Religion has given us false hopes. But there is a genuine hope today for heaven, for peace, for joy, for eternity, and it is found through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. By life, he proved his friendship. By death, he proved his friendship. He wants a friendship with you and me. You see, I grew up in religion. Religion taught me to get baptized. Religion didn't ask me for my permission as a baby to sprinkle me. My mom and dad just gave them permission. They sprinkled me. I was baptized three times growing up, but in my heart I was lost. I had tried religion, I had tried religion, I was searching for the truth. By the way, when we go to the doctor's office or dentist dentist's office, we want them to tell us the truth, right? We need, we need the truth again in America. I wish politicians would tell the truth, preachers need to tell the truth, everybody needs to tell the truth, right? Journalists need to tell the truth. <laughs> But the fact is, I wasn't told the truth, and people celebrated my baptism, people celebrated my religious experiences, but finally one day I found out what Jesus said in the Bible. He said, I had to be born again. I had to experience personal salvation through his finished work on the cross, and Jesus Christ became my, look at this, personal Savior. He died on the cross for me. Oh, I know he died for the whole world, but he died on the cross for me Personally, I understood it not here, but I understood it here in my heart. And something happened. I received Jesus Christ, I trusted in Him, and because of that, I have salvation. And I can call Jesus Christ my friend today. You got a friend in me, Jesus says, in life, by death, and finally, number three, and I'm done in eternity eternity recent polls still find that most Americans believe in an afterlife those numbers are changing there was a time in american history it was almost almost 100% people believe that the numbers are going down but the fact is many people still believe there is some kind of an afterlife that there's something out there after we pass after we take our last breath and we die i have a question for you What do you think happens? What's next when that day comes? I mean, I'm 48 years old. I still feel young and vibrant. I feel great. But I know that each day goes by, I'm getting older and older. And and I'm approaching that day of end. But can I tell you something? I have no fear. Because God didn't just tell me I'm your friend in life and friend in death. Because I am a saved person, he has already given me eternity right now. I'm not going to possess it. I possess it today. I have eternal life. I have everlasting life. I've been gifted it by God himself. You see, John chapter 3, verse 16 again says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes him should not perish, should not perish, but have, not will have, not may get, but have everlasting life. You're looking at a man today that has it. I possess it, not because of religion. I possess it, not because I'm a good person. I possess it, not because I'm a pastor or a preacher. I possess it because it was gifted to me by Jesus Christ when he died on that cross and he shed his blood. And three days later, he rose again. He gifted me. He gave me everlasting life. I have it now. I'm for baptism, I'm for church, I'm for the right kind of religion, I'm for the truth, I'm for all those things, but listen to me, all those are vain without the emphasis and the focal point being on Jesus Christ, who did it all himself. As men and women, especially as Americans, we like to add things to it too much. We think it can't be that simple. We think we got to add to what Jesus did for us, and it's insulting to Jesus To say, you didn't do enough for us on the cross. He did it all for you and for me. To prove to you and to me that he wants to be your friend. God, the creator of this universe, desires to be your and my friend. What a blessing. In life, in death, and in eternity. It's about eyes are close. Thank you for listening so well this morning.
1: If I
2: were you, I would have given up on me by now. I would have labeled me a lost cause cause I feel just like a lost cause. If I were you, I would have turned around and walked away. I would have labeled me beyond repair cause I feel like I'm beyond repair. Oh, but somehow you don't see me like I do, somehow you're still here. You're the God who stays, you're the God who stays, you're the one who runs in my direction. When the whole world walks away, you're the God who stays. from the god who stays i used to hide every time i thought i let you down always thought i had to earn my way but i'm learning you don't work that way somehow you don't see me like i do somehow you're still here you're the god who stays done can separate my heart from the god who saves. my shame can't separate my guilt can't separate my past can't separate i'm yours forever my sin can't separate my scars can't separate my failures can't separate i'm yours You're the God who stayed.